the ghost of Y2K haunts IT modernization, and security woes trouble the online ad industry. The stories and a preview of this week's ISMG Healthcare Security Summit coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We begin today's report with a history lesson and its implications for today's initiatives to modernize IT. As clocks were about to turn to midnight on January 1st, 2000, anxiety spread across the globe that computers would stop working. For those too young to remember, it was called Y2K for year 2000. When businesses began to employ information technology in the middle of the last century, developers programmed computer systems to accept dates in six digits, two digits each for year, month, and day. For example, 99-12-31 for December 31st, 1999. At the stroke of midnight at the start of the new millennium, the six-digit code would read 000101. But would the first two digits, double zeros, represent the year 2000 or 1900? After all, developers programmed these systems to assume the numerals 19 for 19 preceded the two digits representing the year. If it represented 1900, calculations computers ran could fail, bringing down systems worldwide. That was the fear. To avoid such a catastrophe, organizations in the late 1990s began to remediate the Y2K problem. Organizations employed two ways to remediate the Y2K problem. One was to rewrite code, go line by line in legacy systems, find the six-digit date code, and replace it with eight digits. Very cumbersome and time-consuming, considering many systems contain millions of lines of code. An alternative was to scrap the legacy system and deploy an ERP or Enterprise Resource Planning System. Though costly and often difficult to deploy, ERP had the advantage of stating dates in eight digits. What's the similarity between Y2K and IT modernization? Today, legacy systems are very difficult to secure. So through IT modernization, organizations buy new hardware and software that contain built-in security. That's a similar attitude adopted by enterprises 17 years ago when deploying ERP systems took advantage of built-in eight-digit dates. But there's a significant difference between remediating Y2K and IT modernization. With Y2K, once the fix was in, that was it. The problem disappeared. Modernizing IT should provide enterprises with stronger security than legacy systems, but keeping them secure will prove to be a constant challenge. U.S. Chief Information Officer Tony Scott says IT modernization isn't a one-off. He says there's a need for continuous upgrade and continuous improvement, not this episodic only once every 10 or 15 or 20 years uh, kind of model. And so what we're asking CIOs to do and those in charge of information technology is have a plan for continuous modernization, not the one-time set it and forget it that kind of thing. With IT modernization, at least when compared with the aftermath of Y2K, history won't repeat itself. Malware tied to online advertisements is a significant problem facing the ad industry and consumers. Google runs one of the most diligent checks on online ads, and in just one month, it disabled 400,000 ads due to malware concerns. For more on this story, here's ISMG's Security and Technology Editor, Jeremy Kirk. The online advertising industry is at an inflection point 
and not just from falling ad rates, ad blocking software, and potential regulation. It's facing a mighty security problem, and one, like many internet scale security issues, demands close industry cooperation. Cybercriminals have long realized that distributing malicious software through spam is getting harder, but there's a far more powerful alternative piggybacking on the 50 billion online ad industry. The beauty of so called malvertising is that the distribution channel is already in place and will never be shut down. It's a porous network involving thousands of companies delivering billions of ads daily. Many digital ad distributors don't have the electronic equivalent of a bouncer to keep out the riffraff. Merely viewing a malicious ad is enough for a computer to be infected with ransomware, the devastating file encrypting malware. So instead, some security conscious consumers have turned to ad blocking software, which is denting the revenue of publishers. But earlier this month, a digital ad industry group called the Trustworthy Accountability Group, or TAG, released the first ever set of guidelines for how ad companies should frequently scan their content to ensure they're not distributing malware. Craig Spiesel, who is executive director and president of the Online Trust Alliance, says the guidelines are the result of a wave of negative feelings towards the online ad industry. One of the things that's really driving this is I get back to the ad blocking, and while I don't recommend ad blockers, I certainly do not discredit someone for using them, and that is turning out to be the big driver. Uh, you know, tag would not be existing today if it was not what you're effectively experiencing as a consumer boycott of advertising. One big concern revolves around referral tags, which are bits of HTML code that are key to delivering personalized and targeted ads. When someone visits a publisher's website, a tag is sent to an advertising network with information about the user. The advertising network makes a decision about what ad to deliver, sending a tag back to the browser and instructing it to render an ad from a certain URL. The ad itself could come from any number of third parties. Those tags often rapidly change, which pose security issues and need to be scanned frequently. Tags recommendations are voluntary, but mark an important step forward if the industry wants to keep regulators at bay. Privacy and data security have become top issues for regulators in the US and Europe, which are moving towards stricter laws that govern how companies handle data. That is worrying the ad industry, which is realizing that change, whether it wants it or not, is on the horizon. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The ISMG Healthcare Summit is underway in New York City. And on Wednesday, the second day of the summit, Kevin Fu will present a keynote address. Fu is an associate professor of electronical engineering and computer science at the University of Michigan's Archimedes Research Center for Medical Device Security. To preview Fu's remarks, I'm joined by my colleague and healthcare info security executive editor, Marianne Kolbasak McGee. Marianne is coordinating the Healthcare Summit, and I'm pleased she joins me again. Welcome, Marianne. Hi, Eric. Fu's presentation is titled Medical Devices Treat Them Like Untrusted End User Devices. You interviewed Fu a number of times. What do you expect he'll discuss at the summit? One of the points that Kevin Fu will likely make is that healthcare organizations must continually measure the effectiveness of the controls they implement for medical devices. When I spoke with Fu recently, he said doing so is very hard. It's very easy to install a piece of security software. It's a lot harder to uninstall it because you think, why would I do that? It's also a lot harder to know when does that piece of security software no longer work as well as it used to. So, for example, if you have a firewall, 
and you think everything's fine, but guess what? There are cert reports, there are security vulnerabilities in firewalls. So if you just assume that these controls are going to work fine for perpetuity, you're really kind of deluding yourself. It's important to keep a check, keep safeguards in place to actually measure whatever technology you're deploying is working properly. Newer medical devices should be more secure than older ones, but are new devices really more secure? Fu said that it's critical for the makers of these devices to design security into the products rather than bolting on security later. But he said that that doesn't necessarily assure that the devices are secure. Even if you do have a well-designed medical device, you can still make bad wine out of good grapes. You still have the challenge of, well, how do you configure it to remain secure in your clinical environment? It's a lot harder than it may seem to an armchair engineer because of all the complexities of these interactions. Ransomware is a big topic at the summit and within the healthcare sector. What's Fu's stance on battling ransomware? Fu doesn't differentiate between ransomware and other types of malware attacks. All types of malware needs to be mitigated. He also said the approach healthcare entities must take to defend against malware shouldn't be dependent on the type of technology attacked, whether it's medical devices or a business system. Debating whether malware is going to infect one device or another, to me, is kind of splitting hairs. I think we just really need to figure out, okay, rather than worry about all the ways that things could go wrong, why don't we just design away the problems in the first place? And so that comes down to some really basic engineering. It's going to take some time, though. We've got these supply chains sometimes with five or ten years in the making, flush out all the old software um, that didn't have the kind of security requirements you'd expect of something connected to the Internet. It's going to be a while. Kevin Fu is very knowledgeable. He's been studying medical device cybersecurity for many years, and he is surely going to be able to offer our audience some valuable insights and perhaps lessons that they can apply within their own organizations. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.